Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we talk about creative writing and world building. My name's Jordan. My name's Cody. <sighs> Whatever. Cody, <laughs> Cody, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing really well. I'm doing very well, Jordan. Uh, really quick disclaimer, my voice is going to sound a little bit off than usual because um, I definitely lost it on Tuesday for screaming my head off at multiple concerts in a row. So Yeah, you went and saw the puppy bands, right? I saw I saw Pup twice. I saw Pup twice. It was great. <laughs> they, they were fantastic both nights, but yeah. And then my ear has been... Well, my ear finally stopped ringing today, but it was ringing for like two solid days. It's a solid 30-year-old move to complain about your ear ringing after going to a Oh, well, the first concert, I wore earplugs. The second concert, I left the earplugs at home, and not only did I have the music blasting, but a dude was literally screaming directly into my ear the entire night. So, yeah, I lost my ear. You should have elbowed him in the face. I think that's the only time you can. He's the one who was elbowing me the whole night because... Like so, I was right next to the stage. You saw the pictures, and he uh, had his hand. He kept putting his hand on the stage to like brace himself against the pit, and then just digging his entire elbow directly into my ribs. The entire that's concert. A cool, that's so a I had, cool guy. So I had I had a huge bruise on my ribs. Not to mention like all the other like mild injuries from being in front of the pit the entire time <laughs> of the concert, getting just pressed against the stage, just folded over the stage. I also. Got my face smashed into the um the like monitor amp in the front twice. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I didn't have a black eye for that because like somebody yeah, just bashed my head directly into the monitor. So, anyways, Cody, how have you been? <laughs> I I've been good. No one bashed my head into a monitor, so I got yeah. that going for yeah, me. Which is I'm surprised nice. that I have a black eye. I really am. So what, what what have you been um what what's what have you been doing recently? Reading, writing, all that stuff. Okay, so I have a couple important things uh, to talk geez. about. One, one or two. Uh, we're gonna start with the fun, the funnestest one first. Okay, so the funnestest one is I'm listening to the book Twilight for the first time ever. Now, look, you yes, made a you've face watched there. The movie like five times. You love. I've the watched series. the movies. No, okay, the movies are bad. They're fun to watch because they're silly. But the book is good. But the book no. is good. No, oh, okay. no, the book is uh, trash. Uh, a low mediocre it's not as bad as everyone says it is like especially the first one i okay uh this is this is opinions right i I don't have any ill feelings against any actors i don't know anything about them as people whatever i'm saying opinions whatever i'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings i particularly do not enjoy kirsten stewart in movies kristen stewart in movies i think she's fine i i have never seen her give a performance where i was like yeah she nailed it like i watched a movie that wasn't twilight i agree with that but like i think she's fine (laughs) Well, she seemed like a robot in a movie where she was supposed to play like a punk rocker, right? And it just what didn't. What movie was that? The Runaways. But none of that performance. Diana suggested it to me. I watched it one night when I had insomnia, and I was like, "Wow, she's still bad in this too." Um, well, so sorry. Don't now, watch Adventureland. Robert also bad in Adventureland. Uh, Robert Patterson, Pattinson, Patter- Pattinson, 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 is an excellent actor. All right, he was in the lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. He acted his little pants off in that movie. He oh, was a fantastic okay. Batman. Physica- it was a it was a story told entirely within physicality, just the way he moved and walked. Did I tell you that I watched Batman? No, I have not watched Batman yet because it's three hours long. Okay, Batman's great. It's worth every bit of the three hours. Watch it. We'll talk about it once you've watched it. He phoned it in so hard as edward i have never seen someone give less of a crap i didn't know how good he was and then i've watched a bunch of stuff that he's been in recently and i'm like so you got paid a million billion dollars to be edward cullen and then just went no i'm gonna suck at this on purpose (laughs) like why did he act like that that's not how the book is I'm, I'm like, thinking it was a director thing and not really that, him because it might he's a be, fantastic actor. It might be. either This was either he went, uh, I'm going to take this money and screw you. I'm going to do a bad job. Or the director was terrible. There is no middle ground between these two. Like, there is no way that was him doing his best scary vampire that's also sexy. Like, no. in the book, listening to the audiobook. The narrator, the the person reading the book has better chemistry with herself being the other character than Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson did when they were actually dating. (laughs) Like, what? 
This should be easy. It's, it was her boyfriend at the time. Like, just act like you like each other. And they're like, we cannot do that at all. And I'm like, I'm not saying these books are fantastic. They have tons of problems. But wow, it's like I at least buy in the book that Edward Cullen actually likes Bella Swan. I don't buy that for a second in the movies. So that's uh, that's 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 long and short of it is Robert Pattinson really, really phoned it in or I'm, was directed poorly. I'm looking two. at the directors for it. One person has. Um, oh, never mind. OK. She's co-written these movies. Okay. As I say, it's like, cause she's co- uh, co-written some awesome movies. And the other one has co-written some awesome, co-wrote Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue One had problems. Doesn't matter. Um, but it's okay. better than Twilight. Now oh, here's no, the next. Here we go. Directed here's... episodes of Breaking Bad, Hannibal. Car- what the? Then how did the movie suck so much? I don't know. It's a mystery. Oh, no, Someone... It must be this person because they directed all the Twilight movies. <laughs> Someone really done goofed on these. But okay, was, now here's yeah. the important one. Here's the really important one, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, so recently, I've been a big fan of Nick Cage, and I, he's in a he's in a movie coming out now called like the yeah, immense the, weight the, of incredible the one talent. about him, the, the yeah, fictional right. one about him. Yeah. Um. Recently, what it was is I saw this movie called Pig that is actually excellent. You should watch. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie. There is zero irony. John Wick, but with the pig? No, the setup is similar. What the movie is is so unbelievably different. It's like it's an art house, like snobbery movie. It's Nick Cage acting fantastically. It's shot beautifully. It's a it's like a poignant movie about the human condition. Excellent, excellent, excellent movie. Cannot say enough good things about Pig. My brother mentioned to me a while ago, he's like, hey, there's this movie, Mandy, um, that you should watch. It's got Nick Cage in it, and it's kind of fun. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, so finally, I watched Mandy. Jordan, have you seen Mandy? No, I keep meaning to watch Mandy, but I have not. Everybody, even Trin, has been like, you need to watch this. I'll watch this with you, and then we just have not ever watched Jordan. It. It is maybe one of my favorite movies I have ever seen. It makes so little sense, and I I don't care for a second. You know when something has Wolfenstein logic? Like when Nick Cage gets into a fight with a demonic hillbilly and then needs to heal up, and so he snorts cocaine to heal? (laughs) Wolfenstein logic, yeah. Like... All right, sure. He forges a fantasy battle axe to go on a revenge trip with. Okay, I need to watch I, this movie. There's a chainsaw fight in it. Oh, like, okay, I really need to watch this movie. <laughs> there's so much. Like, <laughs> he goes to get... Okay, so, uh, like, it's a revenge movie. So he, he he's setting himself up for his revenge, and he goes to see, like, his... Friend who must be a Vietnam vet because that's the like type of movie this is. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to his friend's trailer and he's like, I need the Reaper. And his friend's just like, what do you got to kill? Or no, what are you going to do with it? He's like, hunt. He's like, what are you going to hunt? And he's like, these insane hippie Jesus freaks. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yep. That's <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Buckle in guys. I'm ready for it. We're going to watch Nick Cage hunt insane hippie Jesus freaks. That's all you had to say. I'm here for it. That's all I want to watch. It's funny because it sounds like I've missed the actual good movies he's released because I and watched the bad one instead. I watched that one where he's like at the like arcade Chuck E. Cheese thing. Yeah, night. couldn't be night. more different. That movie is so bad. And he literally doesn't say a word the entire movie. <laughs> no, that movie's trash. He, but li- like... he literally does not say a word the entire movie. That's literally. but the the thing about this movie though is it's actually beautifully shot. Like, every other scene looks like the front cover of a metal album from the 80s. Awesome. Like, it's a movie that just is just lives on the thrash scene, right? Yeah. And, like, they give him the chance to act like Nick Cage wants to act. You know, it's like, this is like what the, the prequels did to Samuel L. Jackson, where they're like, hey, can you play a Jedi? It's it's like, as long as I get a purple lightsaber, yeah. <laughs> But it's like, why would you have Nick Cage, or why would you have Samuel Jackson be a Jackson Jedi? play like a boring character? Like he wasn't a like a larger than life Jedi. He was just like a we we need you to be boring and sit here. Like this movie's like, hey Nick Cage, can you just be crazy yeah. the whole movie? 
can you snort cocaine and trash a bathroom in your underpants? And then Nick Cage just goes, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, you, you meant was, act like I'm snorting cocaine, not actually. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene where he's just drinking a bottle of vodka and smashing a bathroom and you're watching it going like, is, is this, did they just film him like after hours? Is <laughs> like, <this> like, <laughs> you're wondering, cause this is like an art house movie. So there's like one weird camera guy there. who's was like just out of college. Like, think nick cage peed his underpants guys can we get nick cage new all right just gonna keep rolling this. <laughs> <laughs> can we get nick no no we can't okay okay we're done we're just, we're just go. gonna keep rolling um but yeah it's just ev- from like the moment the movie started i was hooked but once you get past like maybe a third of the way through the movie like what once, once nick cage goes and gets the reaper you're like you're gonna be so sold on this movie that's just incredible it's I think what it is is I have I have such a love for like grindhouse horror. Oh yeah. And I it's so rare that you see that type of like lowbrow lowest common denominator but beautifully done horror movie. You know what I mean? Where everyone's trying their hardest to make like just trash that is fun well, to watch. So so last week was the friends episode. And like one of the things that I like said happened and it's like, oh yeah, I, like Ross or whoever goes off to talk to the hot dog stand person, and then like a ghost just like shoves a like blade through the dude's chest. And like that's something that I've seen in one of those horror movies where they're having like a like just a normal conversation and suddenly just some sword just goes through someone's chest and it's like blood is splashing every that's looks when I want a dumb horror movie, that's exactly what I want to see. Oh yeah, it's I want to see that. blood it's- everywhere. Like like the Evil Dead movies. Like I want to see blood go up the wall. got to keep the blood flowing up the walls yeah yeah yeah. i want to see you up the wall but yeah no that's that's cool i everybody has told me to watch mandy i'll I'll force trend to watch it with me soon so we'll get it's you're gonna watch it and you're gonna be so happy that you by the end of it you will be grinning ear to ear i promise you they they have been trying to get me to watch that movie for forever i need i need to just do it um speaking of movies that i was like i'm just gonna this isn't anything of what i've been doing but have you seen the movie mother with um jennifer lawrence i haven't but i've heard things about it i really liked it but that was one another one that i was told watches watches finally did i was like oh man this is a panic attack in a movie (laughs) i think i don't know okay so this is my impression of the movie is like mm, it's like a kind of a snobbery horror movie yes like this is about things and i'm like I want it to be about chainsaws. Okay, well then don't which, then, 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 then don't watch it unless you're feeling like snobbery. But yeah, like it's real. Good. Yeah, and I mean there are times when I am. It's just it. You have to be in a specific mood to be like, okay, I want to ruin my day now. I want to have a bad day yeah. because I'm going to watch something that's profoundly upsetting. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm not kidding. Like the second half of the movie is just a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. It just like makes you feel so panicked the entire time. But it's 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 real good. So yeah, if you want a snobbery movie, like something that's like has a point to it and that like does like a specific message then watch that it's real good um so yeah things that i have been doing um not much because i traveled for work all last week so the one thing i have been doing is something that you don't care about and i really don't want to talk that much about it because like it's something that was nice and special for me but no one else is going to care i um finished the manga fire force and it was it was a lot of fun I don't not care about that. It yeah. sounds like something I'd be interested in. I just haven't read it. No, it's, well, no, no. This one was so I mentioned Fire Punch last time, which is a completely different thing. I read Fire oh, Force, which is a, like a, just a schlocky shonen, like y- your boy who wants to be a hero type thing fighting against fire monsters. That's Fire Force, and it was just schlocky, he- kind of dumb, and I really liked it. Fire Does he punch. ever literally scream at the weather that he's going to be the greatest champion of all time, a la Ash Ketchum in episode one of Pokemon, <laughs> an event that I forgot no, happened? No, he doesn't, but there's one point where he becomes a literal god. Um, so he, That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah that fits. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I think you'll like Fire Punch, because it, it, but Fire Punch is also one of those like more artsy of mangas where it's like, oh, there's like a point to this. But yeah, yeah. I read Fire Force because... I just needed something that was going to be like a quick, I can scroll through this. It's going to be fun. It's going to be dumb. It's going to have the action scenes that I like. It's going to have a kid be like, I'm going to be a hero. And I'm not the devil. I'm a hero. And then have another kid like, I'm also a hero. And then they become friends. That's what I wanted. I didn't want hmm. anything of any importance. And it was great. 
Um, but yeah, outside of that, oh yeah, I started Moon Knight like literally yesterday, and it's fantastic. And I have not watched any of the Marvel shows at all. We talked about this like very briefly before the show started, but I have literally not watched any of the Marvel shows except for Moon Knight, and Moon Knight's great. And then all the Netflix Marvel shows, I've other than Daredevil, I never got past season one. I wouldn't bother, honestly. Like, <laughs> like, and see, uh, but the thing is, like, I really liked Luke Cage, but then like there was like no incentive for me to watch season two. I like really like Jessica Jones. No incentive for me to watch season two. The Punisher was yeah. great. I watched like the first few episodes of season two, and then I was like, oh, you're just doing it. like now you're just doing violence for violence sake. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, th- the Marvel stuff just kind of eventually lost me, but you know, whatever. Yeah, and I mean, like, I heard, I still need to watch Loki. I still need to watch um, Winter Falcon, Captain Soldier. I still need, to, and I yes, I purposely messed up the names of nerds coming at me, come <laughs> at me. Um, I yeah, I still need to watch all of them because I haven't, and I really, and I haven't even watched Eternals. I haven't watched Shang Chi. I haven't watched um, Black Widow. I still haven't watched Spider Man. I need to get to that. So yeah, I'm like very far behind Marvel and just trying to not not burn out on it though, because like there's so much Marvel, and I used to love like going to all the movies on opening night, but like there's so much Marvel. Yeah, no, I mean I understand what you mean. It's it is a lot, and it just eventually gets kind of tired. Well, yeah, and it's a lot of it's the same thing, and like that's why I was like I don't want to burn out. Like so if I watch moon Knight, i'm probably not going to immediately start watching something else marvel because i will burn out because they're good they're high quality but it's the same thing over and over again and it's starting to become like like i was saying with anime last week it's starting to become like an oversaturation of superheroes and i think i even put that in part of my story was like everything's coming up superheroes oh yeah i mean it it absolutely is for sure but yeah haven't been doing too much i need to like you know because we have a show where we talk about things we've been doing i need to get back to that and i have put kind of a ban on just talking about elden ring every week um i need i need to get (laughs) back i think is unfair you know yeah but but like yeah if people don't listen like like elden ring and we talk about it every single week it's gonna get like oh my god these guys won't stop and i need to i need to get back to horizon because i haven't played it for a while because elden ring is the superior game Elden Ring is more important. Well, I mean, it's it's clearly the superior game, and I like Horizon. Apparently, I ha- I just haven't gotten to like the stuff that really sets it apart from the first game, which is like maybe put that up top and not on the back end. <laughs> start with your strong stuff. Yeah, start with your no, strong. Or maybe just make a strong video game. I don't know, but Hor- <laughs> I know if it's Horizon was kind of like it they. They did not come out swinging as hard as the first one did. And, like, they even did the thing where it's like, oh, yeah, you do all the, like, intro stuff. And then, like, a big event happens at the beginning, like, the proving. A big event happens where, like, some, like stakes are high. But it was, like, done in the exact same way that the proving was. Where it was like, oh, wow, here's a moment of, like, triumph. And then everybody starts dying. And it's just like, I literally saw this before in the last game. <laughs> it's like, you literally, it's like, you literally yeah. did this to me before. What are we doing here? But I mean, yeah. So I'll I'll get back to that. But Elden Ring is stealing all my time when it comes to game. Oh wait, no. Uh, uh, I got one minute left to talk about it. I started playing Disco Elysium. Oh, my brother is like obsessed with that game. I know a lot of people are, and I really wanted to like see. And it's really good. It's just a lot of text, and I'm glad that I have like the definitive edition where there's like all the lines are voice acted. So it's not oh, just Oh, is that reading. the difference? Yeah, that's like, I know there was a lot oh, voice acted in the first one, but, and then um, certain bad words that I don't ever repeat in my life are blurred out in the definitive and they weren't necessarily in the original. So that's nice. Interesting. These are all things I did not know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they bleep that out and that's nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's so far, it's really good. It's just a lot of text, and I, I like the mechanic of the game be like you have it's like a DD type thing where like you have like stats like your intelligence, your empathy, your strength and agility, and then like you literally roll dice for certain like skill checks on it. And that's that's like a yeah. really cool mechanic because it is just like D. And so like 
the thing that like I'm trying to get over because I do this a lot in video games where I like I play for a certain like ending, play for a certain story, and I'm trying to get over that and just let the story happen. So if I get a bad role or if something like I don't necessarily think my character like necessarily think I would want, I just let my character have that happen, and that's really hard to just let go in a game. Because I'm used to having, yeah, I, I'm I know used to having like, a lot to not of, look it up, yeah, to yeah. not look it up. But also, like, yeah, like there was a time when, like, I had a, like, I, I had something I wanted to do, and I rolled really bad, and I didn't get to do, and it's like, well, crap, what's what happens on that side? What what happens if I got it right? I wanted to get it right, and I didn't. So yeah, but it, it's a good game. Anywho, Cody, that's all I got. I you talked about specific things. I talked about just talking. So <laughs> I'm. I'm I'm good. No, I feel not. good about what we discussed. Um, let's roll for initiative. I'm ready. Um, I mean, for me and you, it's been a while, but it's only been one week. But we're going right back into our stories from our last week of just doing our um, what's it called? You roll. Nope, you're going first. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. What do you mean you're not? I rolled a. I rolled a one. So did I. What? Oh, I guess we re-rolled. <laughs> yeah, because like you did a face of like there's no way you rolled lower than I just did. <laughs> I should have just said I'm rolling. Okay, I'm ready. I'm oh, going. I rolled a twenty. I won. <laughs> well, I rolled a nine. That's hilarious. So, yeah, I rolled a fail at the end of it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh shoot, I hate going first. Um, but yeah, so we're doing. We're going back to our stories. I know we did a quick little break to do just fun, um, on the spot worlds, but we're going straight back to our stories. Um, everybody else remembers, but this is mostly for Cody. So last time on my story, um, they got briefed for their mission to hunt down this monster that attacked a girl um, at this old abandoned school. So they're headed there right now. Um, this is the chapter that was, what, 14 pages? So I'm going to do this in probably three episodes. So I'm going to just, do, yeah, so I'm not yeah, reading for 30 minutes straight. Still going to be, well, probably closer to an hour for this 14 pages but yeah so i'm gonna do the first f- five pages of this about okay and yeah exactly five pages. and then um next time i'll do the second and then the last one i'll do first. but yeah so i got a lot of story left this is just one chapter so prepare yourself um so this is no name wishes and monsters chapter 17 or if you were following the original number i think this is like technically like chapter 15 or something all right this is no Name, Wishes and Monsters, Chapter 17, Run. You know what? Nate asked, not taking their eyes from the road. Huh? I replied. Nate paused before answering. We had left headquarters and were heading to the site of the old abandoned Park Road Elementary School. In the back of Nate's Jeep was a sampling kit with a dozen sampling jars and test tubes along with test strips so we could get samples without contaminating them or being contaminated ourselves. Alongside that stuff was a net, a stun baton, and a gun that resembled a flare gun, but instead of regular bullets, it shot electrical rounds and smoke pellets. We had lost a bit of time stopping back at the no-name office. Gathering stuff didn't set us back too far, though. However, I tried to slow Nate, Nate down a little bit and do some research on what our monster could be. They were ready to go and get samples and had promised that we wouldn't be fighting the monster. We were only there to gather information. My protests didn't matter much anyways, as nothing in our database resembled the picture that Jane had taken. Things were already proving more difficult than usual. For most anomalies, depending on the amount of energy the anomaly puts out into the world, the no-name sensors can usually track it. Like the death butterflies, some anomalies can go under the radar for some time until something happens that draws no-name's attention to it. The monster wolf's signal behaves similarly to the butterflies. It started out as a weak reading. As it moved around and leaked goo everywhere, the reading spread over a wide area. With the amount that was spread about, there was a rather large reading on the sensors now. There had to be a source to this goo somewhere. Though, because of the large amount of anomalous energy, it was hard to pinpoint exactly where things were. To make things worse, the area of the signal was gradually growing. The monster was very active, or perhaps there was more than one. For this job, we would have to actually look for the wolf and the source on foot, rather than the other cases where we were able to go to the actual sighting and investigate. Since the wolf was first seen at the abandoned school, there was a high chance the source was there. That kid, Jane, Nate said, speaking after a long pause before stopping again. 
Them speaking up pulled me out of my thoughts and back into the car. Yeah, what about her? I looked over at Nate to see what they were getting at. Nate let out a sigh. It was clear they had been doing some thinking along with me. She kind of reminds me of how I was when I was that age. Oh, were you some kind of paranormal nerd too? I joked. Nate laughed and then waved my comment away with her hand. No, not quite that. I mean, I was an outcast too. My dad died when I was a kid, and since Rachel wasn't really around, I spent a lot of time alone. I tried to tell everyone what happened, but anyone I told either thought I was crazy or that my mind was making up a monster rather than the home invasion gone wrong story No Name went with. From there, everyone in school either called me a liar or crazy. They basically would find any reason to make fun of me or leave me out of things. Eventually, I got used to it. You know, having no friends. Nate trailed off at the end, drifting back into their thoughts. I get that. I was the weird kid who was way too good at two shoes and his parents were way too controlling. Got the same thing. Any reason to be made fun of, they found it. Kept to myself mostly, though I wish I did have a moment to fit in. I paused and then thought about it for a second. Trauma that I really never thought about came rushing to the surface. You know, I remember one time freshman year of high school, even though I learned to keep to myself, kids started a rumor that I was some kind of devil worshiper, so they started calling me Satan and said things like I had the mark of the beast. Wow, that's fucked up, Nate interjected. I ignored it for the most part, I continued. That is until they started quoting Bible verses at me and threatening to stone me. It died down when they finally found a new target in the transfer student. That's the problem. They'll tear you apart until they find their own reason to leave you alone. Doesn't help that that reason is usually another kid. You know, all that shit is actually why I started smoking. The, the smell and taboo of smoking in high school kept people away from me. Then they started making up rumors that I was dangerous, so that kept me isolated like I wanted to be. Even though Nate laughed it off, they were frowning at the mention of their school days. <laughs> I would have stayed far away from the weird smoking skater who only wore things with skulls on them, I joked. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, Nate said, looking at me and laughing. Their frown faded a little bit. Really, I get it. If I could have the chance to prove to all those kids I wasn't weird back then, I probably would have. So it makes sense that Jane would run off to a haunted school to find a little relief from the bullying and bullshit that is middle school life, Nate said, and I silently agreed. There have been so many times when I had thought, what if I could, could have convinced everyone I was normal? What if I could have, yeah, what if I could do something that stopped me from being an outcast? It was too late. Those days were long in the past and the damage was already done. <sighs> Kids suck. I said flatly. What else is new? Nate shot back, keeping their eye on the road. Really, though, I doubt that even if Jane dragged our monster wolf in, that those assholes would accept her. They would probably find any other reason not to, or even blame her for its existence. Honestly, even though I had just met the kid, I was still concerned. I knew from long experience that being the weird kid sucked, and it seemed from the outside looking in that kids were only getting worse with their bullying these days. You're right. Kids suck, Nate said as flatly as I had. That's one fact of life that will never change. At least now she knows that the shit she is into is real, and no one can tell her differently. That's a little bit of a consolation, I guess. I turned and went back to looking out the window. Westonville wasn't the biggest town, yet the abandoned grounds of the Park Road Elementary were still out of the way from what you would actually call Westonville. Drive through a light forest with a few shacks that are courageous enough to call themselves houses, go along some winding paths and eventually you'll get there. That whole area used to be part of the main part of town, yet when a bunch of companies saw acres upon acres of cheap land sitting there, they bought, they bought them and forced everyone who lived there to move out. The school and a small neighborhood were left abandoned. To add insult to injury, a large section of that land didn't get used anyways. One company, Biotech, dug a man-made lake that they used for wastewater processing and left the rest alone. Now that area of Westonville exists to produce ghost stories and rumors. I remember back when I was growing up, kids used to dare each other to go back there all the time. As the isolated, needs-to-be-a-genius boy my parents raised, I was never invited on those dares. Even if it was dangerous, I longed to be part of a crew, one that would go out exploring even the worst of rumors. 
I think I joined No Name because of the isolation, Nate said, restarting the conversation. Oh? I looked over to see if they turned to address me, but but they kept their eyes glued to the road still. Yeah, after my dad died, I stuck around with No Name. No one else listened, but No Name knew what happened. They knew me. Alistair kept tabs on me. He, wait, how old is Alistair? I gasped, accidentally cutting Nate off. Alistair was a man surrounded in mystery. I always assumed he was slightly older than Nate and I. Placing him as a no-name agent back when Nate was a kid skewed my perception of his age. Honestly, I've got no clue. He is one of the greatest mysteries of no-name. Nate shrugged off the interruption. Even so, he is the one who vouched for me and extended the offer to one day work at no-name. He introduced me to his friend Jinma, who would talk to me all the time. It wasn't until way later I found out she was actually a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, seems like he's always been subtly doing stuff like that, huh? Nate didn't really respond to the last question, more than a slight scoff and a, he's a tricky bastard. So I tried another question to keep the conversation going. So how did things at No Name go? Nate paused to think about it and then continued again. It felt like home, honestly. They were the only people who seemed like they cared. Hell, even Eli and I were loose friends at the time. He was the other one who was the youngest agent to join No Name. So we were loosely connected. Unfortunately, the director back then didn't want me to join for whatever reasons, so she tried her hardest to make it seem like I didn't belong. I'm guessing no matter what she said, you kept pushing, huh? I asked. I think the, I think part of it was rage and wanting revenge. I wanted to make sure every anomaly felt my wrath for what that monster did to my dad. I wanted to grind it all to dust, burn the whole town of Westonville down if I could. Then another part of me, probably kind of how you are, wanted to make sure no other kid went through what I went through. Nate's focus was still slowly pointed at the road. I, could tell, I couldn't tell what they were thinking. I get that feeling. After my parents, I trailed off. Sometimes I, thought it was, sometimes I thought I was over it. Other times I realized it was still a fresh wound. I cleared my throat to put it past me and kept going. All I wanted to do was try to fix things, you know? I'm glad Alistair paired me with you. It feels like we're actually doing that. Yeah, the previous director didn't really let me do missions. Finally, when she retired and Alistair took over, he started giving me real jobs. All my other partners were closed off morons who didn't know how to work as a team. I know I'm brash and annoying at times, but they would run directly into danger expecting things to turn out alright. Nate shook their head in disappointment. Let me guess, it didn't turn out alright. I asked, already knowing the answer. Absolutely not, Nate said matter-of-factly. You're the first good fit for me, you know? A little bit of stability in the chaos. They finally turned to me and smiled. I smiled back. Through everything that happened, I felt that Nate and I had grown very close. And look at that, we finally made it, I said, pointing ahead. We broke through the Midwestern woodland into, and into a clearing. On our way in, we had seen many signs saying no outlet or road closed. Those signs used to deter curious minds from exploring the abandoned area. As we entered this area, the road abruptly turned into a dirt path that was sprinkled with gravel for traction. That was all that was left after Biotech tore up the roads when they thought they were still going to use the land. A few plants had started to poke their way through the damp ground, and the wooded area was starting to encroach on the empty clearing. In front of us stood the dilapidated three-story building that used to be a place for learning for elementary, elementary kids. After years of abandonment, the bricks were crumbling, most of the windows were shattered, and it was covered in graffiti from kids who decided to make their mark on the relic that lay hidden in Westonville. The building was dingy and gray from the natural deterioration that Mother Nature brought forth. After all these years, it had turned into a complete eyesore. The first floor had a large lobby that was once enclosed by glass. Now all of that glass was shattered on the ground, and the beams that held it together were bent and broken. Debris from the canceled demolition and the teens that wandered through were all strewn about the inside and outside of the school. Its sad exterior was offset by the growing forest behind it that hid the nearby desolate neighborhood. Damn, no wonder they think this place is haunted, I said with a whistle of awe. This place is a fucking nightmare to look at. 
Nate pulled closer to the school. I was starting to see the signs of an anomaly. Speckles of black goo were strewn about the ground, some in big globs, others in small patterns. Looking close as we passed it, I could tell that some of the grouping of the goo was arranged in paw prints of a four-legged animal, confirming Jane's pictures. Our monster was real, and it seemed like it was casing this place. The question was why? Why this place? Nate pulled around to the side of the school, their jeep still kicking up dirt and gravel, even as it began to slow to a stop. Nate put the car in park and looked around at the building. It's not too big, but three stories? Who the hell makes a three-story elementary school? Well, this was back in the day when they were trying to minimize the overall footprint and they used buildings for multiple purposes. They used the first-story gym for church and other meetings and gatherings. The school part came later and was mostly held on the second floor. I think it was, what, late 80s when they added the third floor to take on more students? and had planned to go up to 6th grade rather than 5th. Then the whole place got bought out, so it didn't really even matter, I said. I remember reading about this back when I first started working for No Name. I was sure the local urban legends held some actual mysteries, so I thought I should know a little bit about them. I liked useless knowledge. I was pleased to find it actually turned out to help a little this time. Wow, Mr. Westonville historian over here, huh? Nate said jokingly as, as they undid their seatbelt and got out of the car. Hey, it helps to know the place you work in, I said back in defense. You're doing a good job, rookie, Nate teased. Anyways, we're going to have to get some samples. Go and get the kid out the back. Nate walked over to the splatters of goo as I obliged, got out the Jeep and pulled the sample kit from the back. By the time I turned back to Nate, they were crouched down in front of the goo splatter, poking at it with their finger. This stuff seems a tad bit old and dry, they called out to me as I approached. I expected it to be more sticky or wet, you know, like real horror movie goop. Must be old. There are a lot of tracks and splatters. We don't really know how long this thing has been around the school. I set down the kit next to them. The only thing we had to go on were Jane's pictures and account. We also don't know the decay rate either. It could dry fast. Let's just take some samples out here and then head into the building to see what's what. It would be good to get the science nerds a full spectrum of samples so they can piece together, piece things together rather than making guesswork. Nate was in full investigation mode and moving full steam ahead. I opened the kit and Nate began rummaging for test tubes and sampling sticks. I took the time to stand up straight and survey the area. The clearing was quiet and peaceful. The only sounds that stood out were the gentle breeze of a late summer wind and the ambient white noise of nature. As I looked around at the ground, I noticed that the goose splatters and foot tracks not only came in and out of the glass lobby of the school, they also came from part of the woods. It looked like they entered and exited the woods around the same area. The tracks seemed to be relatively the same size and gait, so I assumed we only had one creature to deal with and not a multitude. The tracks circled and paced the area, going in and out of school multiple times. This part stood out to me, so I voiced my concerns to Nate as I bent down to take a sample near the car. The footprints don't seem organized, but they do seem deliberate, almost like it's searching for something. Searching for something. Nate said, pondering on the thought. What would it be searching for? Food, maybe? Th that made sense to me. It connected the dots to why the creature immediately attacked Jane. It was probably hungry. Scoping out the area for food and stumbling across a large building like the school would have been promising for the monster. That, that might make sense, Nate said as they corked the test tube and put it back in the kit. I think a few out here is fine for now. Shall we venture inside? I walked back to the kit and put my tube inside as well. Afterwards, I grabbed a few more sample test tubes and closed up the kit. We probably wouldn't need to bring the whole kit inside the building. If we did run into the source or even the monster wolf, I didn't want to be weighed down if we had to get out quickly. As I was putting the kit back into the car, I called out to Nate. Hey, he might want to bring the stun baton into the school with us. For all we know, the thing could be up there waiting for us. Oh, I planned on it, Nate said with a coy smirk. I wouldn't dare pass up the opportunity to zap a monster into submission. I rolled my eyes. 
During all the seriousness, I had almost forgotten Nate's love for the hunt. They headed over to the car and grabbed the shock pistol and stuffed it into the back of their pants. They kept the stun baton in their hand and motioned for me to join them in walking into the school. We rounded the front of the school where the shattered glass lobby waited for us. We were careful to step over the large shards of glass that still remained standing. If we follow these tracks around, I am sure we will head straight towards the source, Nate said with confidence. That is, if there even is a source in here, I said back. Man, why do you always have to bring back the negativity? Nate chuckled. Just being realistic, I laughed. And that's the end of my part. Oh, that was faster than I thought it was really? going to be. Yeah, that was that was only yeah, five pages. Not in a yeah, bad no. way. Mine is about five pages, too. I like that. I, I like the... Uh, I, they, they have good dialogue oh, well, together. You. you know what I mean? Like, I... No, it's like it's it's always my favorite thing is like dialogue back and forth. Yeah. Um, so I I always I, enjoy that. And it's also like it's it's a tricky thing for me cuz I tend to do this is like I go too fast and I like skip over more mundane yeah. things. It's kind of fun to just see them doing their job, yeah, and, you know. Yeah. And so like this next part like this hunt for the monster is like pretty much the length of the entire like first 10 chapters that i wrote which is like like it's much more involved and i like was kind of nervous about doing that at first because it's just like oh yeah it's like i'm trying to combine this into one story but like the second half of the story is so much longer than the first half but like i also was like yeah i need some time to slow down like i said like establish them as actual characters and actual friends rather than just like saying it so like having it so that they're like hanging out and talking about their childhoods and like actually talking through the job is like something i wanted to do rather than just having the job happen to them no i i absolutely agree i think it is a a worthwhile use of your time i was i was i was enjoying listening to it enough that i was just like you know clicking around on stuff on my computer and having a good time then you're like okay your turn and i'm like no (laughs) yeah it's like (laughs) listening to a book on tape this subtly having to do work it's like ah oh god yeah I'm excited for uh, this. Okay. So it's been a while since yeah, we've yeah, talked. Yeah. So where we left off, um, Liv, Nick, and Leonard were jumped by goat yep. monsters at the library. They jumped into a truck. Nick has fire powers. They left. So that's that's where we're starting. I did way too many voices in this, and I regret it now. So sorry. Sometimes they're inconsistent. I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. The truck bumped and rattled through the... You know what? Actually, sorry. Sorry. Just need to listen to some chill music because I need... I, I have to have sound or I get all crazy. I believe you. I'm waiting for a YouTube ad to play it. I'm going to level with you. I'm waiting for a YouTube okay. ad to play I thought you were saying I, I'm waiting already. for YouTube. I'm like, what? I'm not doing... I'm waiting for you. <laughs> it's like, no, I just... I just got to listen to some chill music. Some lo-fi okay. hip-hop to study to. I... You know what? You don't know me. I do know you because I also listen to that shit, man. <laughs> there's there's like a running joke about that in uh what's it called? Um uh what's the one where everyone's dogs and cats and stuff and there's princess like Miss Princess or whatever. Princess, dogs and cats and stuff. It's she's a cat. She's a, um, Oh, um Secret Life of Pets. No. What? Everybody's dogs and cats no. and there's Miss Princess, which is I think the name of one of the cats. And you're yelling? It's the she's cat. She's it's it's like really a serious cartoon. It's about like a stoner that lives with a golden retriever. A stoner that lives with the gold. Are you talking about Adventure Time? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jordan! It's like your favorite cartoon. What? It's got Mr. Oh Peanut Butter god, in. you. Oh, it's Jeez, a horse. Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman. Okay, everybody's Sorry, dogs a, and cats in those Miss Princess. It <laughs> makes sense now. We first said that. I had no clue. Yeah, actually, for a while, a stoner does live with a yes, golden retriever. Yes, absolutely. So I was not wrong. A stoner does live with a golden retriever for like it's half It's really the story. about a stoner that lives with a horse, but it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, it is a stoner. Tr- but I mean, Diane is also. Uh, Diane? Diane is also a stoner who lives with a golden retriever, so. That's true. The truck bumped and rattled through... Wow, already. The truck bumped and rattled through the snow. The falling flakes whipped past me in a blur. I shivered and held myself, the frigid wind biting through my jacket. I didn't know if it was my nerves finally settling down or just the wind, but I was shaking. Visibly, my body rocked with tremors. 
I glanced up at Nick and felt rage flare. He was leaning comfortably against the bed of the truck, arms up like he was cruising in the middle of summer. The snow and the snow hissed and puffed away just before it got to him. What do you not get cold? Course not, I'm a dragon. You're not a dragon, you're an asshole whose soldiers saw the cosplay better. His full lips split in a wide smile, revealing crooked teeth that suited his face. That might be a more creative description of what happened than I have heard before. Whatever. Well, I'm going to freeze, but I doubt we're going to stop and risk getting killed by robot goats. Oh, that's a shame. I was just thinking we could be friends. But alas, you must perish. Of cold, poor Liv, she died so young, claimed by the winter. Instead of just asking for an actual pyromancer, it, it, sorry, instead of just asking an actual pyromancer if he could keep her warm. He waggled his eyebrows at me, his stupid grim b- grin becoming suggestive. I considered scooting closer to the human pincushion, but in the end decided I would rather die of exposure than give him the satisfaction. I'm not going to snuggle you for warmth. I don't remember much, but come on, we're better than a cliché. Well, first off, snuggle? You haven't even bought me dinner yet. Second, I'm absolutely that cliché. I'm a fire-breathing metalhead. I own spiked bracelets and try to convince people that tattoo that my tattoos are a true art. I am that cliché. Also, I could just do this. His nose flared and he exhaled a large breath through his nose. I felt my body melt, the snow turning to water. It felt like sinking into a sauna as heat fluctuated smoothly as the heat fluctuated smoothly with his slow, deep breaths. I scooped up a handful of sloppy, half-melted snow and hurled it at his head. It was water and steam by the time it hit him. Crikey, what was that for? You could have done that shit the whole time. Right. Well, in in my defense, I forgot, and I also assumed that you would be hotter. His face fell as he winced. You regret saying that, huh? I do, yes. I do regret that was not perfect phrasing. I grudgingly enjoyed the warmth as we sailed through the night. The truck stopped with a great deal of ticking and whining. We pulled up in front of a little house that could only be described as cute. Warm, multicolored glow poured off of Christmas lights that were strung up around the roof and around evergreen trees. A neat wreath hung on the door, and a tree could be seen through the window. The driveway and walks were all shoveled. The house was inviting. Leonard sighed as he pulled himself out of the truck. He stood in the driveway, looking back the way we came, his face clearly worried, as if he expected another monster to come hurling out of the darkness towards us. We're here. Yeah, where is here? Oh, you get to stay with Rachel. They really did roll out the welcome wagon. What? Leonard, I know that we talked about this, but is this really a good idea? It'll be as safe here as you will be anywhere. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about Rachel. Both Leonard and Nick smiled. I felt that annoying sense of confusion again. What, was she some kind of werewolf or something? Let me guess, she was a vampire, or better yet, she was some kind of zombie, or maybe she could turn invisible. Sorry, that was all internal dialogue, and it, it realized that that doesn't come across. <laughs> you're all good, Anyways. Dude, You're all good. Great. So Rachel's also some kind of goddamn monster. What? No. Rachel's human, though. Uh, Rachel's human through and through. His soul is all there and everything. No, it's Bruce that you got No, it's Bruce that'll keep you safe. He hates me, by the way. We walked up to the door. And before any of us could even knock, the door flew open and a massive furry creature shot through, growling, foam dripping from yellowing fangs. Its coat was shaggy and black. It had pointed ears and a sharp muzzle. It was staring at Nick with rage in its eyes. Leonard patted the big dog, while Nick just smiled his same mischievous grin. Hello, Bruce. Decided to love me yet? Where were all of you attacked? Helen called, she said something about liquefying, then boiling some demon spawn robot. Also, what is Nick doing here? Also, get inside. Hi, Rachel, just tagging along. 
We can't stay. I still got work to do. I was just dropping Liv off. Make sure you and Bruce keep a close eye on her. I felt my stomach drop. I was still pretty sure Leonard did not just mean to keep me safe. He still wanted me observed. But oh well, I followed Rachel inside. She grabbed some takeout menus and pushed a glass of wine into my hand and directed me to an oversized, scratchy couch covered in blankets. Immediately, Bruce jumped up next to me and started whining for scratches. The room was warm, was kept warm by a crackling fire. It just felt so wrong. I had just nearly been killed and Rachel was doing her best to pretend like nothing had happened, like we could hide behind all this kitschy little cabin decor and wine. Suddenly, I realized she was talking to me. I looked up and she was just staring. Chinese or Mexican? What? For dinner! It it was too much. She was holding actual menus. Rachel, do you think I'm a goddamn idiot? What? I'm basically a prisoner. Why are we pretending? I promise it's not helping. This is for you, but you changed Rachel's voice to be Leonard's voice, but higher pitched. I didn't mean to. I'm trying. This is what I mean. Way too many voices that were not distinct enough. Yeah, but I'm I'm just trying to get you back on track because I don't think you noticed you were doing that. I, it's tough. It's tough because I do. And it's like valid to point it out. I'm not mad that you pointed it out. I'm just trying to help you get back to it. That's all. (laughs) That's all. Anyways, you got this. Uh, I'm basically a prisoner. Why are we pretending? I promise you that it's not helping to pretend. Okay. Because like the, the voice I think I was doing was more like, because it was still kind of nasal because yeah, it was like yeah, basically fr- yeah, Fran Drescher just, just less you, you were just there you you're go. not a prisoner Leonard's yes. just, is it more like that you're not a prison yeah you're not a prisoner Leonard's just grumpy he makes people feel like they've done something wrong it's just he okay bye then I got up and moved towards the door wait Liv just hang on I told Leonard I'd keep you safe and no I'm leaving you said I could leave you can tell Leonard to shove his hospitality and Bruce stop a the dog planted himself snarling in front of the door I whipped around and saw that suddenly the very sweet, very friendly Rachel had a taser in her hand. (laughs) Right. Prisoner. Liv, it's not that simple. We have to be careful, that's all. Okay, you know what? Explain that to me, because I don't get it. What did I do to warrant this? All I did was nearly get killed in your town. And now what? I'm a criminal? Nothing. You did nothing wrong, hon. It's not like that. I just stared, still holding the glass of wine halfway between the door and the couch. We're scared, Liv. What you are, I'm guessing someone told you. Yeah, Nick spilled the beans immediately. Right, Nick, well, he is a sweetheart, but he talks too darn much. Oh, you mean too darn much as in he was upfront with me. More than you and Leonard can say, by the way. What What was I supposed to tell you? Do you just want, you just wanted me to come out and say, hey, you're demonic, hope, you, hope you're here for all the best reasons. Demons that... They're not all bad, I'm sure, but you ran for a reason. But until we know what that is, demons usually have minions and demon lords and, well, a society that they're in. You're not just some lone wolf here. We're dealing with a larger problem. Understand, when I see you, I see the trouble on your heels. I see hospital beds full of people. Last time this happened, it was bad, Liv. And, yeah, you are new and we don't know that much about you. And I'm guessing you could kill me without trying all that hard. This is a town of monsters. How am I different? You aren't, Liv. We know that some people here have to be isolated at times. We know that people have short tempers. I know what antidotes I have to keep in stock for poison. I know how to treat hauntings and curses. But I don't know how to fix what you're bringing yet. And Leonard doesn't know what keeping the peace in the next few weeks is going to mean. So, no, Liv, I'm not going to let a demon run free in my town without knowing the first thing about her. So... Chinese or Mexican, or you can try to kill Bruce, I'll tase you, and then Leonard will find out exactly how dangerous you are. Can I get a burrito, then decide about being tased? (laughs) Meanwhile, outside, this is now from Leonard's perspective, so this is kind of two short chapters. Right, well, I'll be seeing you, Leonard. Stop right there, long hair. Nick's mm, Nick's back was turned to me, but he went rigid. His body seemed to melt, nothing that would be all that noticeable to the untrained, but his spine went stiff, his shoulders rolled back, and suddenly the steam pouring off the soulless neck, soulless pyromancer, seemed to be warning off predators and irritating old men. He turned to me, his usually playful face cold and implacable. 
His eyes felt like I was looking into a dead wolf's, predatory but empty, like he was hollow. All right, Leonard, speak. What is a, what is she, Nick? And what is about to happen? She's a demon, and she's going to be attacked, probably again, and probably soon. Cut the crap, Nick. When when the last, when is the last time we had demon spawn running hog wild in town? Can you remind me of that? Well, Leonard, that would be the time I arrived seeking shelter. Right, and remind me how that went. As I recall, I saved your life, and we convinced my demon of the wildfire that collecting early was not uh, worth the investment. Is that right? What I recall is burning fields, starving cattle, and ten people dead because of your desire for protection. I remember letting you stay because of, shoot, some misplaced sense of indebtedness to you. Hmm. That is one way of telling the story, I suppose. All those dead people and you still can't actually care. Oh, you got this town fooled and live in there, she's fooled. But I still see you for what you are and it makes me sick. What am I, Leonard? Just another monster. One that you should have made go away. What you are is a pain in my neck. I have, have I ever hurt you? Ever harassed you? No, I let you be. I let the people in this town like you and I stay out of your way. Reason for that is because you've never heard a darn fly in self def- mm. You've never heard a darn fly not in self-defense. I know that you never broke a sweat in a fight and I know that you could burn this place to the ground. So yeah, you're a monster and you're dangerous. But you've also never done a darn thing wrong. Doesn't mean I have to like you. It's odd, Leonard. Out of everyone in this town, you're the only one that can't seem to get over the fact that I don't have a soul. You ever think that you are maybe reading a bit too much into it? I saw you look the same way when you watched innocent people die as you did when you melted the monster that was about to kill me. Your mask has gotten better, but you're the same. Does getting all that off your chest make you feel any better about me? Shoot, no, but... Heck, I need your help. I need you to keep an eye out and, well, should any more of this demonic nonsense crop up, I might need you to help me lick it. Are you deputizing me, Leonard? You hate me. You think that I'm evil incarnate. Call it what you want. What I'm telling you is that if you're going to live in this town, then you have to help out. And I I need scarier friends at the moment to keep Liv safe. To keep the town safe as long as Liv is a part of it, or from her if she isn't. That is the end of my chapter. I liked it. I liked that a lot. So this is like the difficulty to try to get across is like uh, what's his Nick being very duplicitous. I, I, I think you like, got it across very well okay. because like the the talking kind of a lower like quieter tone and like more succinct was a really good way of doing that. And like like you see, it's like much more when he's not like around live, he's much more serious. It's like oh interesting. He he had like kind of a Lucifer feel like in any TV show that you, where you see Lucifer, he's always like a very well poised like hmm, interesting. Well, and it's supposed to be like this weird juxtaposition of he looks like he's got piercings and tattoos and looks all crazy and then like the minute he's alone with leonard it's like all that yeah. falls away and he has no soul yes. <laughs> i like that i i i i really like that second chapter i mean i like both chapters. i like the way that you did that that juxtaposition and everything it was really good i i yeah i, I had fun writing this one um it's it's fun to write leonard talking to nick i i like this idea that it's like no one really knows nick except leonard and leonard is very uncomfortable around him yeah yeah as you can tell, this is really good. You did, you did a really good. I'm, I'm proud, Cody. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that, and it's only like a little so bit condescending. Like, so uh, that's perfect. A werewolf, or is Bruce just like a like a big like angry demon dog type thing? You know, he's a giant scary dog. You decide if that's if that's supernatural. I am deciding it's supernatural, and now I'm asking. Tell me what type of supernatural. Why would I do that? The point is it's unknown. Yeah, I understand that, Cody, but I'm a man who likes answers. This is why I can't play Disco Elysium and just let things happen, because I need to know. Zero answers here. Okay, well, I will not tell you. I'm going to have so many mysteries in my story and not have everything straight up front like I always do. The point is, Bruce is a dog that keeps Rachel safe That in, in a magical town. Yes, and Rachel is just Fran Drescher. Like, you do the Fran Drescher voice very well, and I just... 
So I know what your description was. I don't really remember it quite all that well. But your description of Fred, uh, not Fred, of Rachel doesn't matter to me anymore because it's just um, the nanny. I'm trying to think of like a good approximation of what she is supposed to look like. Here, let me look up a picture of Fred Treasure and tell you. I would say way more the mom from Onward is kind of the vibe that we're going oh, okay. for here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Onward, so I, I, I know I know what you're talking about because I've seen like trailers. But yeah, so 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 more like um midwestern mom than um the nanny. yeah yeah she's supposed to be like very like cozy okay. looking you know okay yeah i got her she lives in a comfy little cottage with a giant with, dog with the giant devil dog who is also her husband that's that's and happens to have a taser is this your head cannon bestiality no no the dog is a werewolf and it was just in wolf form oh okay sure yeah okay so it's just a dog so you think because you thought i was doing bestiality it is just a dog okay i like this idea though that that's what she tells everyone like this is my husband he's not a dog all the time <laughs> he's, like, he's not a dog all the time <laughs> is he because it seems like he might be no not all the time <laughs> no, don't, sure about that? don't worry about it <laughs> it's not leon i promise <laughs> it, don't ask about the dog yeah <laughs> uh, okay uh, no, but i, I like all condescending voice aside, I think that your story is really good. And I, no, really. I'm, I'm enjoying I'm, it so far. I'm, I'm gripped. I, I need to know what happens. And I also need to know if that dog is a man or not. <laughs> it's the man, dog, dog, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, our old buddy, the man, dog, dog, man. Uh, which is <laughs> definitely dog, dog, going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> our old buddy, the man, dog, dog, man. I gotta write that. <laughs> I, I like that what that means because I didn't really think about what I was saying when I said it. I just said it because I thought it was funny. That means that there is a man dog. It's it's our old friend man dog, the dog man. <laughs> yes. Is that what I said? Yeah, our old, so our old buddy, be, the man dog dog man. <laughs> yeah, so that would be a man dog named dog, dog man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's exactly what that means. Our old buddy, the man dog dog man. Well, now everybody gets a good explanation of what the title of this episode is. You're welcome. Oh, this is also Cody. Congrats. We are at episode 140. Ooh, that's exciting. 150, we should probably do a live show, but that's a little far off, so we have time to prepare. But yeah, I mean, we've done a live show like every like 50 episodes, so, you know, let's do it. Well, oh, sorry, we've done, totally we've done cool something special every show. every 50 episodes. So, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. I am absolutely 140. Down. Cody, that means we have listened to close to, um, I'm going to say an hour an episode. So, we have listened to close to um, 8,400 minutes of us talk about dumb nerd stuff. Not to mention all the bonus episodes and the ones that I don't number. And also, and also, uh, I guarantee you that uh, it is much. Well, yeah, because we, we do have ep- some episodes that are two hours, or though there are a couple episodes like the um, the audio drama was like only like five minute episodes, so it could be much shorter. You know, I know it could be, but I, I doubt Man, it. Dog is. <laughs> anyway, well, it's probably like closer to ten thousand minutes because of the um, all the bonus all. All of the bonus episodes. We had like four episodes where we just talked about the book It. <laughs> I think that's a worthwhile use of our yeah, time. I still don't like Stephen King. Anyways, Cody. you Do you not like Stephen we've King? We've talked about this before. We're not rehashing this on the show. Because the audience doesn't need to know the same argument seven different times spoken in seven different ways. But Cody, you got any plugs? Other than- uh, check me out at the Wandering Gamer mm-hmm. Network. We're a podcast that does podcast things. And you can also uh, check out, check out uh, my Twitch stream, Wandering underscore Gamer, where I'm playing SimCity currently. Yeah, Cody um, is currently actually playing SimCity. <laughs> I'm, I'm, make, I'm making the joke like you're playing it right now. Oh, no, I'm not playing SimCity right now. Ring. I'm not playing Elden Ring. What are you right playing? Now. You are definitely doing something that you shouldn't be doing because you have that big, <laughs> dumb smile on your face. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> I about. I know George. exactly what your attention is elsewhere. Anyways, um, you can check me out at something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv. You can also check me out at my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, where we talk about diversity in nerd culture. And I mean, you should know where to find me by now, but you can also check me out. On occasional Fridays at twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Cop, where I do a talk show called um, Stewing with the Beans. 
and that is me at my worst. Um, and wait, I'm sorry. You do a talk show called Stew with My Beans. Stewing with the Beans. When did that happen? I've been doing this for a long time, but it was under a different name. And then you could also catch me up. We're coming back for the summer. We're going to be doing some chaos fiction theater sometime soon. Um, chaos fiction, chaos fiction theater is coming back. We're going to be reading the worst of the worst of all the fan fiction. So prepare yourself. Eventually we will do like a reunion or sorry, an anniversary of reading, um, my immortal. So look for that sometime. Anyways, Cody, you got anything else? Okay. I'm good, So, man. do you know what good. we do next on the show? We say bye. We catch them on the flip side. I did it again, all. I did it again. <laughs> bye. Cody, say it. Say bye. I don't, I don't want to be on the <laughs> Say bye. Just it? say bye. Bye. Ugh.